Support for How in the Hell Did I Get Here comes from the Anti-Opiate Medical Alert Bracelet, designed to educate, create awareness, prevent addiction, and help stop re-addiction. Search Etsy.com for the Anti-Opiate Medical Alert Bracelet and use the code PODCAST to save 15% on your purchase. It's all about taking chances in this week's episode. First of all, our favorite call-in storyteller, Tammy, takes a big chance when she's 19 by moving from Chicago to Jacksonville, Florida, where she knows no one, but someone thinks he knows her during her first night alone in her very own apartment. This story and the last story today are literally called in, so the audio is a little less crisp than we like it to be, but it's Tammy, and she's just so awesome. Our second story involves my sister Jenny, a machete and an electric fence, and the chances you take when you want to do a job well done. Tammy's back in our third story where she takes a chance and has an adventure on a date where she tries to figure out, is he or is he not an axe murderer? This is Kim A. Floden, and welcome to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Stay with us. Quick note, this week's episode includes swear words. Before we get going, I wanted to share that you could be eligible to win a $25 Amazon gift card just by leaving us a review or sharing the show. If you do both, you can enter twice. The details on how to enter can be found on our website at howinthehellpodcast.com or in our Facebook group. It really helps us And we want to reward you for that help. So take a few moments and do it now. You could be the winner. It's 1989 and Tammy is spending her very first night in her very first apartment. She's in a strange city where she doesn't know anyone, but someone seems to think they know her. So when I was 19... I had gotten beyond the family drama and the and, uh, of the dysfunctional family life and decided to move away to Jacksonville, Florida, um, like probably like a thousand miles away from home. I don't really know. I was a Chicagoland girl. So um, I got to like a, the only little studio furnished apartment I could afford. It was um, not in the best area, but wasn't in the worst area. And I was spending my first night there. I had everything, like, set up with my stereo, but and I had clothing, but I didn't have any kitchen things, utensils or knives or anything like that yet. I didn't have my phone hooked up. I just basically had blankets and, like, soap and my stereo. And I was waiting for my mom to send my boxes. And I was kind of having anxiety, a lot of anxiety, because I was like, what the heck did I do? I don't know anybody, and I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep, kind of having my little, like, anxiety attack, and playing, I played, like, one of my, like, comforts. The church was, it has been one of my favorite bands for a long time, and I had this album on of Skins and Hearts, one of my favorite, favorite albums, especially at that time, and, um, so I, I was trying to, I was, like, halfway drifting to sleep, and I, like, when I hear this, like, bang, 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 bang at my door, and I'm freaking out, and I was like, I know you're in there, 
you know, I hear your stereo. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to, like, turn it down a little bit. And, and then I'm like, why am I even bothering turning it down? He already hears it. He knows I'm in here. And I'm like, I don't even know who he is. And he's like, thinking, he's like, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, how are you, like, you know, and he's, like, yelling at me and screaming through the window. And I'm, like, thinking, what did I do? I don't even know anybody. Um, And so he's banging. He's like, open up or I'm going to knock this door down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, he sounds big enough to where he could. And I'm, like, thinking, I don't have a phone yet. And I don't have, like, even a kitchen knife to, like, stab anyone with. And I have no idea how I'm going to get out. Um, I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden, like, you know, probably five minutes later, I hear him, like, after I'm banging on the door, it seemed like forever. Um, he's like, Michelle, I know you're in there. I saw your car. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not Michelle. And my car was definitely not in the parking lot. <laughs> so I peeked my little head out the window with, like, a little, like, pen light I had. And he's like, oh, shit, you're not Michelle. You're a little white girl. He's like, I'm sorry. And he goes on the banging on the next door over. And I'm freaking out, trying to get to sleep. And I just, like, close my eyes and rest my little head on the pillow and cover my head up. I'm trying to calm down after Stranger Danger was at my door, <laughs> banging on my door. And um, I'm having a minor breakdown, trying to stay calm, listening to the Church of Skins of Hearts. And the last song, I'm, I, I close my eyes, and I'm trying to calm down. And the last words of, I realize it's the last words of the song, Don't Open the Door to Strangers, starts playing. We really wish we could play you the song right now, but unfortunately, licensing rules prevent it. So you'll just have to get by hearing me speak the lyrics that Tammy heard that night. What she heard was, don't open the door tonight. Tonight? Tonight. Don't open the door tonight. And I hear the last words, don't open the door tonight. Tonight open the door and I like just couldn't help but laugh because after all that I had just been through and, and experienced that was like that was like just the perfect ending to the perfect you know, not the perfect evening that's my story and that's the song Jenny has a machete and knows how to use it and she's really sinking into the task at hand. You remember on the farm we had horses, of course, up to eight horses at one point, and you know, quite a few. You did? Oh yeah, we did, if you count the two mini pony, mini horses. But So when you have horses, you have fences, and for us it was electric fences, because that's just most economical. The only real maintenance issue with electric fences that's every week is when weeds grow up around the bottom and it'll short out when the weeds touch the bottom thing so um and then you know the horses will just push through it and go where they want to go so um bill would do a really good job mowing every week and if you remember we had a big tractor for mowing so you know you can only get so close to an electric fence with any kind of mower before you're too close so after that we would have to weed whack and i 
didn't mind doing that chore, but our weed whacker was super heavy duty, like the kind you strap around your shoulders and it was big and heavy and I couldn't ever use it for very long because it just hurt my lower back. I would choose to instead use um, a machete to trim under the bottom rung of the fence and around the posts and everything. And it worked great. And this particular night, I wanted to get like this whole particular fence line cleared of the weeds. I, I knew I couldn't do the whole thing because it was getting dark. But so I'm out there chopping away as I'm kind of challenging myself to get to the end of this fence line. I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going too fast. I'm going faster than was prudent when you're working around an electric fence. So several times in the process, I'd accidentally touched the electric fence and not as quite as bad as the taser, but it's, you know, you've touched an electric fence at some point, right? Yeah. Not for a long time, but yeah, you get a little shock. It's a little shock. Yeah. Oh, I was getting big. I was getting big shocks. (laughs) Okay. To the point where, you know, just uh, involuntary strange noises were coming out of my mouth with each shock. And this, you know, I'd be like, damn it, you know, slow down, slow down. But you know, this, it's getting darker, it's getting darker. And I am determined to get to the end of this fence line. So I'm chopping and chopping and I'm, I'm so close. I'm like, oh, it's getting so dark, but I'm so close. So I'm just chop, 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 involuntary screams coming out. Cause I bet I hit the fence six times in this 25, 30 minute whole episode. And finally I can see I'm very close. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be careful and I'm going to make it. And so I go and I'm chopping. And the next thing I know, I don't know if I, I didn't know what happened. Oh my God. All of a sudden I'm on my back on the ground. (laughs) When the hell did I get here? So (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Jenny is down literally, but how? What happened? Find out after the break. Hey, it's Kim, and thanks so much for listening. And I really hope you're enjoying today's show so far. I'm just popping in to ask you a quick favor, which is to consider helping to support this podcast at Patreon. It's super easy. Just pop over to patreon.com and search for How in the Hell Did I Get Here? or hit the button on our website at howinthehellpodcast.com. What's in it for you? Well, for one thing, you're helping make a dream come true. And what's better than that? Also, we've got some great perks over there for you, including a chance to get to know myself and my sisters with a special slideshow from our lives, ad-free listening, discounts up to 50% off the Merch in Our Fun store, and free coloring books and more. Check it out today. You can choose to support us for as low as $2 a month. We left Jenny on the ground, more than a little confused about how she got there. Back to her story. As I lay there stunned, and then I realize, where's my leg? Like, one of my legs is right here. My other leg is nowhere to be seen. Nothing did I fucking chop my leg off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only laughing because I know you still have two legs. (laughs) But what (laughs) if... Right. So what in fact had happened, I had stepped into a sinkhole opening. We had no idea there was a sinkhole. So the opening was, you know, maybe like, well, it's big enough around for my big leg to go down into. And so it's probably like the diameter of a basketball, you know, the circumference of a basketball. That's how big this hole was. Yeah, I'm just picturing this in my mind's eye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't, you know what, my leg, the the leg that I still could see <laughs> was bleeding. And I'm like, shit, I did chop myself with the machete. But it turned out when I fell, I had 
um, like gouged my leg and one of the thick like weed stumps that I had chopped. So that was minor. I'm, I get up, I'm fine. But now, you know, we've got this, what, what is, you know, what is that? So that's really the end of the story. Well, it isn't really because I go in the house. (laughs) I probably looked like the old man from the coming around that that shed up north i'm walking limping swinging a machete and like bill we gotta talk <laughs> right so i don't think bill 100 percent believed me that like i fell into the earth <laughs> i felt like there's so what was that on your property there's a cavern and i almost went in it um so he came out i don't know if it's the same day or the next day but he came out and looked down in it with a flashlight and it was like a big cavern that went all all you couldn't see like how far out it went. You could have gone to China, Jenny. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily that deep, but it went out horizontally. Tammy is determined to see Daniel Ash in concert. But first, she meets what seems to be a really nice guy in a bar. Or is he? Every show I had gotten tickets for, like the Bauhaus, like Love and Rockets, and then so I was bound and determined to go to the Daniel Ash show in Chicago. This time, I brought like a bunch of little bottles of alcohol because the Smart Bar was really expensive. So I was hanging out at the Smart Bar, um, which was kind of like a little bar underneath the Cameron Metro, and um. I borrowed a little cup from the bar, and I go in the women's bathroom, and I would kind of like fill my little cup, my little plastic cup, and then I would kind of like sip from my little cup and um, hang out at the smart bar, listening to some other music up until the time that I could go upstairs on the metro and hang out and uh, watch the Daniel Ash show. So to make a long story short, by the time I went up. I think I had consumed a large amount of little bottles. I had no idea how many little bottles made up how many shots or how drunk that would get me. And the first time I came down, back downstairs, I was not the same person as I was when I went upstairs. So when I had started talking to these guys, they were just hanging out at the smart bar that night. When I went back down, I ran into them again. And the one guy, I guess, the second time I came downstairs, I guess they were kind of like holding me up like I was a puppet and trying to help me get to my car um, because I, well, I wasn't driving. I had a designated driver, my friend. I call her Ozone. That's another story. But anyway, so they wrote down his number on my hand to make sure that I got home safely. So the next day I had like washed my hand, but I still remembered and I thought, well, I'll call him and thank him. So he decided that um, maybe we should go out for pizza And I was like, okay, like, that's cool. So they agree to go for pizza the next weekend, and he picks her up. And we're in the car, and he turns to me, and he says, like, why did you agree to go out with me? I could be an axe murderer or something. From there, it was kind of my mind, like, was just, like, like I was freaking out and uh, wondering what the, how the hell did I end up in this guy's car? We're we're downtown at this place called Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder, and I didn't even think about it. Like, he was, like, you know, he had me read the menu while we were waiting because there was a long wait, and it ended up being one of, like, Al Capone's hideouts, like, during the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. 
there's that, and he was really fascinated by that. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And so I'm thinking, okay, so this guy's fascinated with, you know, mass murder and, you know, made that axe murder comment. You know, the little things that play in your mind, you know, kind of figure this out. And um, he keeps wanting me to order alcohol, like an alcoholic beverage, and I keep sticking to the orange juice because I'm, like, afraid to, like, now be drunk again in a car with an ex-burner or something. So during dinner, it comes out, like, he's a musician, you know, and he's working on this album, and he sang a little bit of the song to me, but then it wasn't until later when we got back into the car. Like, I had calmed down a little bit. It wasn't until we got back into the car that... He starts telling me the concept behind his album, like that it was about like the serial murderer and his fixation on this girl. And so I'm, I started to get a little anxiety again. And I, um, I was like, you know, why don't we go? I'm trying to like say, you know, why don't we go to like blah, blah, blah? Cause I figured I, I would know somebody at, you know, one of these other places that maybe could give me a ride. Um, he's like, that's cool. You can order a drink and like then like, you know, we can hang out and, and chat a little bit more. And I, and I was like thinking, okay, well, why is it that you want me to order an alcoholic beverage so badly? And he's like, oh, he's like, I have to admit, you look really young. And I've been trying to get you to order a beverage all, an alcoholic beverage all night so that the waiter would card you so I would know at least you're over 21. Cause I, I think you're cool and wanted to like think about like maybe another date or something, but I can't date you if you're under 21. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was kind of like a comedy of errors between like two, two weekends and two outings. And, um, finally on the way home, I felt more at ease that, you know, this was a really a nice guy in real life. He wasn't an axe murderer. We ended up going on several dates and dated for actually probably for a few years. <laughs> but, yeah, he was just a musician with kind of a fascination with the macabre. And, like, you know, all the whole Chicago gangster things and was, I guess, fascinated with what could make somebody a serial killer. <laughs> And also, he had kind of a dark sense of humor, obviously. So we ended up getting along quite well. Thanks so much for listening. Today's show was produced by Kim A. Floden and features our call-in storyteller, Tammy, and my sister, Jenny. Big thanks to Tammy for taking the time to call us with her stories. You can learn more about her on her website, agratefullife.com. The website address is actually spelled a-grateful-life.com. Be sure to check it out. Listen to the church's song, Don't Open the Door to Strangers, and hear just how perfect it was at that moment in time for Tammy in our show notes on our website at howinthehellpodcast.com or join us in our Facebook group. Thank you to our sponsor, the Anti-Opiate Medical Alert Bracelet. Search Etsy.com for Anti-Opiate Medical Alert Bracelet and use the code PODCAST to save 15%. Big thanks to Silent Partner for our theme song, 7th Floor Tango, and our ad music, Blue Skies. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, How in the hell did I get here?
like bang, 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 bang on the door, and I hear like, "Open the effing door!" You know, well, actually, he said, "Open the fucking door." Oh, <laughs> I've realized now I can drop the f bomb.